0: Hey everyone, this is Mike Flanagan, and on this episode of the Inside Bowling Show, we are really happy to bring on Brian and Shannon O'Keefe to the program. As of right now, Shannon is the number one PWBA bowler in the world, as she has won back-to-back Player of the Year awards. Brian and Shannon are also coaches along with Dennis Knepper at McKendree University, where they have built one of the best collegiate bowling programs in the country. They have a very close relationship with my co-host, Matt, and you'll be able to hear that as you listen. This show, if you found it by now, is broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube, and you should head over to those accounts by searching Inside Bowling to watch the program and check our schedule for future episodes. If you're enjoying our show, do us a favor and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. And if you really like what we're doing here and would like to support the show, head over to InsideBowling.com and check out our merch. We have licensing deals in place with some of the biggest brands in bowling and, of course, funny pop culture apparel as well. Check it out and use code IVSHOW to save 15% off site-wide. Elements from today's show were intended for both video and audio. We apologize if at some point in the show you can't follow along. This is a great reminder that all of our shows are archived on our YouTube channel. So here it is, our episode with Shannon and Brian O'Keefe. Happy Friday, everybody. I dressed up for this one today because it's a special show, Matt.
1: It's, it is. We've got, we've got some exciting guests joining us today.
0: We do. And uh, I thought this might be Roast Matt Day here on the Inside Bowling Show because you live with oh, these boy. folks and you guys have just this special relationship that I'm probably going to bring no value to the show whatsoever today because of these all the inside information you have. We already prepped before the show with them. And I mean, you're giving kisses to the dogs through the internet and everything else. So today we have Brian and Shannon O'Keefe on. Shannon's been on a lot recently on a lot of other streaming platforms through the Hammer Page, Cool Wick. I've seen her on a PWBA podcast with the USBC. But here on this show, we do things a little bit differently or try to bring newness to the world and a little more of a peek inside of people's lives. And as I like to say, talk less about bowling. And more about things that just don't matter, that, that all of us can deal with, whether we're tailgating before a football game or if we're playing Candyland or shoots and Ladders with our best friends on a Friday or Saturday night or whatever it may be. So hopefully we'll be able to dive into some of that. And I'm really looking forward to the conversation that you guys are going to have together today because I'm going to learn a lot. And I know that our fans are probably going to really enjoy it. We are on episode 15 of our show, and we did announce earlier this week that we're going to do 40 of these shows and then evaluate. We hope to keep it going longer than that. Matt, how many shows would you like to see us do consecutively Monday through Friday uh, for the duration? What's your number?
1: You know, it's funny you say that because last night I had a phone call with someone and um, they said, hey, we'll see you tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we heard that you guys said you're going to do 40 of these, uh, but I need another zero behind that. And I said, what? And they're like, yeah, I need another you know this year, I was like, you want 400 episodes of the Inside Bowling Show, Mike? So I think it's going to be mostly about what what the viewers want, you know? Do they want to see 400 episodes of Mike and Matt talking about nothing? Um, so I guess we'll have to see. I want to do as many as everybody wants to do. So if people are liking it, then I'm always down to continue it.
0: I will tell you, as, as we continue to do this show, we are building more steam. I, mean, I am getting more messages from people talking about, hey, this is a great show that you guys are doing. Um, I'm starting to hear from people. I'm getting some critiques on what we could do better. Uh, we've got some new things we're going to introduce to the program next week. We have an action-packed day today, and I have to leave the show early today. Matt's going to take it home with the O'Keefe's, and they're probably going to stay to the entire end of the program today. But there's a lot going on in, in our world, and I, and I want to dive into that a little bit here. Um, the first thing I need to say is, is today I have to leave the show early because USBC has a sport of bowling podcast number three today. And I encourage people to switch over to that after they're done watching our program today. I'm going to be on that show with John marc Manzione, Jason Thomas, who is one of the hardest workers in bowling and actually a guy that inspired me to want to start streaming. Guy's awesome. And he's going to be on that show today. Chad Murphy will be anchoring the program and just announced late last night, Wendy McPherson will be on the show, which is one of the greatest all time female bowlers of of all time. Um, The things that she did over in Japan when the tour folded and was able to make money over there and become a superstar over there. I'm looking forward to talking to her on that program. And hopefully I can hold my own there. But the, the lead here today, other than our guests is, you know, when I was a young kid, um, I fell in love with bowling. And just like many of you that watch our program, you know, you have your own jobs, you have the own, your own economical system within, within your household. But what I had to do is I had to determine what I was going to do for a career. And I started working in the bowling center at a young age. And I, I ran bowling centers for a long period of time, learned a lot, made mistakes, just like everybody has in their jobs. And also I've had a lot of successes. I got an opportunity to go work with Storm Bowling Products for a couple of years, and, and I left to be a free agent and go out on my own and, and do something on my own. And I was given an unbelievable opportunity, May the 1st, 2015, with Ebonite International, Randy Shickert and the folks over there. And there's recently been the buyout with Brunswick, and they gave us the opportunity to continue on with our contract. We've been posting for four iconic brands on social media since May 1st of 2015. If you would have told me when I was a little kid bowling on my coffee table while I'm watching women's professional bowling or men's professional bowling, that one day these iconic brands of bowling balls that I would go to the grocery store and buy cinch or Windex or ammonia or acetone to clean my bowling balls, which I know is a no-no now. But at the time, it was a really big deal to me, these, these brands. If you would have told me when I was 16 years old, 15 years old, whatever it is, that I would have had the opportunity to represent those brands for five years straight, every day in the space for what is 1,826 days with, with leap years in there. And that we would have been able to, as a company, inside bowling, to show up every day and post something on their behalf and spread the message about their brands on social media I would, have, I would have had to pinch myself and say, you're, you're lying. And that is exactly what we've been able to do and the career path that we've been able to carve out. And I've been able to bring a lot of people on board with our company to help enhance those brands and do more. And when Brunswick took over uh, and bought out uh, Ebony International, they, they decided to keep us on board because they appreciated the work we were doing and the relationships that I've built over the years with the folks at Brunswick even. And I cannot thank them enough for that opportunity. And we were in negotiation of having a deal done going into this year, uh, this new year. Our contract was up April the 30th, which was yesterday. And because of coronavirus, uh, they've had to lay off a bunch of people and furlough a lot of people, I should say. That's the correct term. Um, And we don't know what the world's going to get back to. And I know a lot of you that watch this program are dealing with the exact same thing in your life, whether you've lost your job, you know, someone that has maybe. A child had to move back in with you. Maybe you had to borrow money from a relative who's doing better than you are. I don't know what your lives, how they've been affected. But in our particular business, um, Brunswick, the Brunswick family of brands of seven brands, that's a large part of our revenue model here. And because of um, coronavirus and because of what they've had to do, they didn't want to do this. But we are currently not involved with that anymore. So the Baltimore Orioles have a guy by the name of Kyle Ripken who Danny Wiseman just lost to, by the way, and he's going to be our guest next Friday in the uh, Baltimore March Madness bracket, most popular athlete of all time. A little plug for Danny in our show next Friday. But Kyle Ripken Jr. played in 2,632 consecutive games with the Baltimore Orioles. And we posted for 1,800, and I believe it's 26 days with leap year in a row for these brands. And it was an absolute honor. And I want to thank uh, Randy Schickert, and all the folks that worked at Ebony International, too many to mention, and the folks at Brunswick for continuing our contract when we didn't have to and keeping the door open in the future for what can possibly happen with them. Uh, our door still open. They're leaving that door open. And when the world resumes back to things, maybe we'll go back to posting for those brands. But I wanted to take a minute and give a heartfelt thank you. I have not worn a collared shirt on this broadcast yet in in 15 episodes. And today I dressed up for the occasion. I also haven't branded myself with any brands because we've been having a lot of guests on across all the different brands. And because we don't know what our future looks like, we're trying to be Switzerland as much as possible. And I want to thank Brunswick for the opportunity for that as well. Um, And one other fun little fun fact here is the Baltimore Orioles. What are their colors? Matt, you want to come back on the screen? What are the colors of the Baltimore Orioles?
1: Oh boy. Uh, they, uh, they had orange as one of their colors Yeah, and, uh, and, and white.
0: Yep. And black.
1: Yeah. And they, yep. and they got a little black in there
0: too. And I find it completely interesting that Cal Ripken streak and our streak and our company and the Baltimore Oils have the same colors.
1: Yeah. Man, really touched me to my heart. I, so like
0: I, I, I had to address this because, you know, ultimately this is a business for us. Um, we like to have fun and, but everybody's got to put food on the table and and that is our business that we have. And, and I wanted to address it today because it's it's top of mind. It, it's top of mind. I, I really feel like Cal Ripken did. I think when he didn't see his name on the scorecard that next, that next game, when he wasn't going to play and my mind is just completely different today because I, I, every brand we work with, I think about their business every single day when I wake up. Yeah, there might be a pecking order, but because of the opportunity that Randy Shickert and the folks at Ebeney International gave us and Brunswick were able to continue on, I just think about these brands constantly. And today, you know, it's going to take 21 days to make that habit again, but it's very difficult to not think about that. Although I will say with no new products coming out and things like that, it hasn't been as hard, Um, but uh, I wish those guys nothing but the best. And again, our door is always open. And with that said, I think it's I think it's safe to say if we're talking business that we should thank the folks that are still continuing doing business with us and that we support. And you see it through our social media. I'd like to thank the United States Bowling Congress for the work we do with them. I'd like to thank the Professional Bowlers Association for the work that we do with them. I'd like to thank Tropicana Lanes in St. Louis, Missouri for all the work we do with them. I'd like to thank Brad and Kyle for the work we do with them. And I'd like to thank bowlerx.com for Lee and Krista's trust in us handling their marketing for them and working with them on a daily basis. Without those people, our team here at inside bowling, wouldn't be able to do what we do and provide food on the table. So thank you to all the people that support us have supported us. will continue to support us. We're open for business and now we have a bunch of free time that we can now take on new clients. So if you or your business needs websites built, social media, graphics, uh, handling it on a daily basis or live streaming, whatever it may be, you can contact us at media at insidebowling.com. We've been using that, that email address. You can also suggest guests for the show. And we've also got our merch shop on inside bowling, which is another revenue stream for us that keeps us moving. So with that, I'm done with that. Uh, I also want to talk about with Matt here. Next Monday, we're going to introduce something new to the program. We're going to start doing a poll question on Monday. And the other thing I don't have time to get to today, but I teased it earlier this week, is, is my boxes arrived. I've got one right here. My, I had three large boxes on my front porch yesterday. I sent you a picture, Matt. And, and these are relics. These are relics. And when we have Marshall Holman on the show on Monday, these relics right here are going to be opened up. And most of them are going to be going for sale on our eBay channel. And I think people are going to really like what I have behind me. I have a big box here and two more in the garage and I can't wait to open them. So Monday poll question, we're going to open the stuff on the air. We're going to, vent, we're going to convince Marshall Holman. <laughs> and he's going to pick all left-handers for the PBA league for the Milwaukee brew. brew what is it? The, the brew It's city. the Bruce city ballers. Yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, so that's that, Matt. Anything you have to say about my long dissertation there?
1: No, I mean it's it's sad for sure, but uh, bright times on the horizon as always for inside bowling. And uh, if there's something I know I've learned from working with you over the past six months or so is that whenever something happens, something crazy happens that most people see as um, you know some sort of an obstacle. Uh, you and all your Colleagues over at Inside Bowling always find a way to uh, turn it into an opportunity and to take advantage of it. So it's just uh, it is it is what it is. And um, I'm sure that there's going to be plenty more opportunities out in the future for Inside Bowling.
0: Yep, absolutely. And on our on our website, you know, we're, we still have the, the licensing deal with the Brunswick family of brands. But now at this point in time, uh, because we can open it up and I actually had this conversation yesterday. Bugsy actually called me and thanked me for the five years of service and work, which was a classy move on Brunswick's part that, um, that we, you know, we could open it up now. So if any other companies would like to, to sell merch on our website or let us do some designs and we get a royalty agreement in place, uh, we'd love to, we'd love to do business with you. So with that, um, let's change gears and we have a big show today. Uh, I've been looking forward to this one and I really didn't, you know, I really didn't want to bring Shannon on until once we kind of had a format established and figured out, because whenever you bring on Shannon, you're going you're going to you're going to get viewers and when you get viewers you want to make sure your show is good and i think that we finally have have gone to a passing grade so it's worth having Shannon on and then of course we wanted to have Brian on deep you know we wanted to have our man on because when he's around you he opens up a little bit more and then he can yell at you and i after the program with the things that we've dug up on on them today so hopefully today's show is a little bit of roasting and Matt, I'm going to let you, because because you're so close to these guys, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce them and bring them up on the screen. So Brian and Shannon O'Keefe intro coming up right here by Matt.
1: Well, I just want to I want to preface uh, their intro by saying, I hope I make it out of this show alive. And uh, I hope we can all agree. We can all agree to keep this reasonable today and um, and to be conscious of the things and the roasting that we're doing here, okay? Because ultimately, this is our show and I can pull up whatever I want on this tiny little screen here and show the world. So let's just keep all that in mind here. We can talk about our discussions um, and hatred for tomatoes with Brian O'Keefe. We can talk about my desire to eat 70 chocolate chip cookies in one sitting. And we can also talk with Shannon about how she dealt with all of our antics for two years straight, us running around the house screaming and one and running around with the doggies and me losing the dogs for three hours one day. Um, So (laughs) without further ado, my second set of parents, Mr. and Mrs. Brian, and Shannon O'Keefe. Hey. Let's go! Good Let's go. Mike, oh.
2: I was afraid that the music was going to start. Like, the Oscars were going to shut you <laughs> off there. I'm like, what show is this today? Is this the Mike Flanagan show? Yeah, like, the music's playing in the background. You're like, I'm going to finish this. We're doing this. This is a big deal.
0: Yeah, speaking of music, I, I actually wanted to come out firing with this question. What was the song you guys danced to at your wedding?
3: Oh, dance to so tons. Yeah, which one?
0: <laughs> no, but the first dance. It's Your Love. Ooh, nice. It's one
2: Tim McGraw. Little country for it.
3: I thought you were referring to his like infamous light up dance, but.
2: No. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> we don't have that on video. That would be It's bad. on No, <laughs> 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 well, you don't just dare, oh, Matthew.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we're going to have some fun today on the show. And uh, I just wanted to uh, let everybody know that. Um, Brian and Shannon have a really cool relationship in the fact that besides from just being husband and wife and being able to um, accomplish a lot of things personally, they also accomplished a lot of things out on the PWBA tour they accomplished a lot of things together with Team USA, accomplished a lot of things together at their main job with McKendree University. Um, you guys have so much going on. So what have you guys been doing to stay busy? I'm sure with all the different avenues that you guys um, live within, it's still been busy recently. So what have you guys been up to? And what have you guys been doing to stay busy?
3: Well, um, it's it obviously has been challenging. You, know, We're so used to being on the road nonstop. Once the collegiate season starts, when the kids come back to school in August, uh, we're nonstop until like the last two or three weeks of December and then January 1st hits and it's nonstop again until the last couple weeks of December again. So we're just used to being on the road all the time, whether it's with our kids, Team USA, the PWBA, all sorts of things like that. Um, So it's so bizarre to be home for this long. Um, The good thing is, is we're so used to, our lives always kind of being on top of each other because we do everything together that this just kind of feels like normal life as far as being in the house together all the time. Um, But I do miss traveling. Um, But for me, I've been picking up my workouts. I've been doing a lot more of that and getting into a very crazy structured routine Um, and loving on the dogs. That's really it.
0: I saw you post yesterday. How many miles did you run during the month of April?
3: 142.5.
0: So let's, let's Brian. Well, 142.5
2: more than me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was going to say, Deep, you, you had to have gotten to 150 then. Yeah. Now, she's, she nipped me by 142.5 miles. <laughs> Just, running. Just running, though. You know me, Matthew. Right. I'm the walking. I t- know. You know, but this, we
3: recently got like a stationary bike, and yesterday he biked 12 miles. A few days before that, he's been biking 10 miles, so he's blowing me out of the water. So,
2: okay. yeah, the running thing, you know, when you when you carry around this piece of machinery here, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> it's, just, it's just hard to keep everything running smoothly, and oh so.
1: My gosh. You know, the,
2: the, <laughs> are just a little more efficient. It's my a little more my style. Oh god.
1: Yeah, the running, the running's not really the problem. I feel like it's the braking, you know. When you got when you got just that that structure of muscle coming at you full force, throwing on those brakes takes a couple of tenths of, of a mile to oh, slow man. it down I, and get everything. I've run through the treadmill. Like <laughs> right. I through the (laughs) yeah he goes off of it off of it and that's why Brian's a winner you know he runs through the tape they always say you have to run through the tape you don't just run to it and um and and I think that's why Brian over the years I want to dive a little bit into uh one of my nicknames um or one of one of my uh I guess perspectives with Brian O'Keefe is is the guy that's the king at uh things that don't necessarily matter and over the years uh you've done a lot of You've done you've done a lot of things in your life that a lot of people don't know of, and I just want to I want to dive into some of them here. Um, no for those of the, the for those of people that aren't really close with you, deep, you've uh, got a little bit of a relationship with a video game called Golden Tee. Um, why don't you dive in and talk about your national or uh, world ranking with uh, this this golf video game here, and um, maybe reminisce on the time where you tried to teach me and it didn't really work out so hot. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know about the world ranking sort of thing. Well, I was but. hyping you up, deep. Just take it. Well,
2: <laughs> yeah, take it and lie are two different things. I'm uh, trying to get viewers here, deep. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, there is a stretch where I was big time into golden tea. Much like everything, like he, he, I think he said it kind of perfectly. I'm the master of things that don't really matter. But uh, yeah, golden tea. I, I played it a ton, so much so that Shan would just be like why don't you just buy the machine? The amount that you've spent and you've played, you might as well just buy it. Yeah. And so they used to have these monthly tournaments every month if your Golden Tee was like online and connected online. And this was before Golden Tee Live came out. So we're going back before that for any Golden Tee lovers out there. Uh, so uh, we used to play, I used to play nonstop. We used to have monthly tournaments. And if you did, if you got to a certain level, if you finished in like the top 10, of the level, you'd move up a level. So they had a gold division, a silver division, and a bronze division. And so you start off in the bronze, if you finish in the top 10, you move up to silver. Mm-hmm. Or I kind of came on the scene, like I would never played these tournaments before. And then the first couple months that I played, I was doing so well that Golden Tee didn't believe it was actually me. So they made me video myself playing. <laughs> so I was in the silver division, and so my friend, Scott Alexander, who I just saw, Stephanie Alexander's in the chat. So Scott Alexander had to videotape me, and they were very specific about the rules on the videotaping. They could I couldn't just be out of frame and then showing the screen of the Golden Tee. Like, I had to be in the frame the whole time to make sure that nobody was walking in and playing the game for me. Because here's this guy, Brian O'Keefe, coming out of nowhere. You know, he doesn't play in national tournaments, but yet he's, you know, dominating. And like, worldwide. <laughs> So, all
1: right. Brian. Long
2: story short, you know, we go through all that and, and I got into long. the. I got well, easy. This is about me. This isn't <laughs> about you. So I I got up to the highest level, which was the top 50. There's only 50 oh, people man. in the gold division. And I got there for a little bit. And then we ended up moving to Wisconsin. And I never I sort of stopped and slowed down on that.
0: Shannon, is this what attracted you to Brian in the first place?
3: Without a doubt, like his video gaming skills were like top notch.
0: Yeah, you, now, know,
3: you see the guy at the game, and you're like, "Who's that?"
0: Was it? <laughs> was it his form? Like, did he have a perfect arch, athletic position while he was playing the game? And, and did you see the roundness of his bum? Is that is that <laughs> is that what made it happen? So
2: one last thing on the golden tee thing. There's certain <laughs> ways you can play. You know, people are thumbers and they'll use their thumbs. I wasn't really a big thumb guy. When you start dealing with bowling thumb and my right thumb was much stronger than my left. And so I just wasn't super accurate with that. So I was more the open hand. I was really good with touch shots, you know, three quarter, just like smooth it on in there. Yeah, it was it was good stuff. Thanks for bringing that up, Matt. I appreciate it.
1: Of course. And I, I watched Brian one time. Uh, we were uh, actually at the conference championships a couple of years back when I was still working with you guys the MiAA conference championships in uh chicago i think we are at mike nape center mm, yeah. um and uh they have a golden team machine and so during a lunch break brian and i went back to the golden tea i was like deep i want to see you play man and i thought you know you just like you just aim it right and then you just shoot it forward no brian's like you know with those race cars <laughs> you like pull them back pull them back you get them riled up and then you let them fly deep's like Boom! And he lets this—he lets it—and he's hooking this golf ball, literally hooking like a like a bowling ball. It is hooking across the whole golf course. He knows all the all the different tricks um, and techniques to the game. It's really impressive. Yeah. And um, yeah, I gotta say, you know, he's also got a couple other things to his his credit. He's a, a New York State champion in darts. Right, deep. You're also a—you uh, were—you were ranked in the top hundred in the country and 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 BMX biking as a kid. Yeah, he, uh, he was—he was a good.
0: I, I got to ask, what what type of bike did you have? Did you have like a Haro or a Dino or a Mondo? I had a Kualhara. Okay. All right. Did you ever see the movie Rad Racing?
2: Of course. So uh, Andy, Coach Andy Dirk, who coaches Mount Mercy. So Andy was a big, uh, you know, BMX guy as well. And so Andy actually just got a jersey with the RAD logo. He just sent me a text. He was all pumped about it. But of course, RAD, yeah, that that's like the bike movie for kids that grew up in the 80s. So most certainly I remember that. Yeah, I had a Kuahara. Cool I had thin little wheels. The bike weighed like four pounds. You know, you're trying to get it as light as possible. Mom and dad would take me around everywhere in the Northeast, go up into Canada, come back across the border with these gigantic trophies sticking out the window. I was actually pretty good at it, but uh, then I broke my arm one time. Yeah, you know, I was an only child. Mom was like, "You'd be breaking stuff. We ain't doing it." And so we we kind of got out of that. But yeah, there was a stretch that I was I think I was ranked 96th for my for my age bracket. You know, not for everybody, but just for my age bracket. But yeah, I used to love
0: it. Well, I know you guys have that huge projector in the basement. I think that that should be what is tonight. Go get yourself some oral re- Redenbacher popcorn. Um, get your We're fam-
3: popcorn making machine so we can just oh. make.
0: Even better, I think. I think Rad should be it tonight. And if you do a double header, follow it up with Gleaming the Cube, the skateboard movie. You'll you'll really enjoy those two.
3: Sounds really exciting for me. It is Friday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now let um, will sw- switch it over to Shannon here. Shannon, um, you you didn't start bowling uh seriously on tour um probably until a lot later than most people probably realize talk about what your first true love was when it comes to sports and how you eventually transitioned into bowling game and and ironically enough the role that uh, or i guess you could say the tie between video games and bowling had for you as a kid
3: so my dad bowled professionally when we were kids i grew up with five brothers grew up in the northwest so um we were always into the baseball and um, softball, but for me, but baseball, I mean, we, when my parents got divorced when I was very young, we'd spend the summers with my dad and all we would do is watch baseball. He'd get home. We'd do our chores. He'd take us to get baseball trading cards. And like, that's was just kind of our life was all about the diamond. And, um, but my dad bowled when we were younger. Uh, but we, he would go bowl regionals and he would make money and he would stop at Toys R Us and he would buy us video games for our Coleco vision. And uh, we just thought my dad won video games when he bowled. And so anyways, my dad would work in the bowling center on weekends and we would go with him and we would just go play in the arcade and play all the video games. We didn't care about bowling. Um, I played softball up until um, I was like 19. Um, I played at a very high competitive level, played in college, and I started bowling when I was 16, and I I really started bowling when I was 16 because my little brother had started bowling like a year earlier, and I thought it'd be something really great for him and I to do together, and that's when uh, bowling really started to kind of take over. I love softball. Watching the softball college world series is like my favorite thing to watch on TV. Brian watches it with me every year. Um, But the transition from softball to bowling was more that I was starting at a young age to have tendonitis in my shoulder, starting to have some issues in my knees. I'd broken both ankles twice. Um, and so bowling to me was something that I thought I could do like longevity for the rest of my life. At the time there wasn't professional women's softball. So that wasn't even an avenue for me. It was once college is over, then what am I going to do? And I've been an athlete my whole life, um, playing lots of different sports. And so I just, bowling was that avenue for me to continue to be competitive, um, And so I bowled a little bit on the PWBA tour before it folded in 2003. Um, My first PWBA event, I had only been bowling for two and a half years and decided it was a good idea to go bowl against the best in the world. I don't know what I was thinking. I was terrible. Um, But that kind of drew me in even more that this is what I wanted. And so, um, yeah, that's how it works.
1: Well, that's crazy. That's. that's an amazing story I think it's so cool to see how uh, you know a lot of people maybe feel like they get too late of a start and they don't have enough time or they can make it and they can catch up but I think it's a you serve as a great example for a lot of people that hey if you don't deserve you know you don't decide that bowling is' necessarily for you until maybe you're in your early 20s and you know you, you can still practice work hard like you have and uh, you can just make up that ground and, and get out there and, and become one of the best in the world
3: a hundred percent I think that you if you Um, are disciplined enough and dedicated enough that you can be great in anything. Um, But most people quit because it becomes too hard um, to continue making the sacrifices that are necessary in order to reach those levels. I know that seems like pretty brutal, but that's really what it boils down to. Um, I think you can be great at anything that you put your mind, heart and soul into. And for me, I've always um, once I started bowling and was bit by that, I had the desire to be the best in the world and um, I feel like I've I've come close to that um, but then once you achieve that, then you know there's always more that you want to achieve. so um, hence why I'm taking this time over this break to really continue to put work in um, to my phys- my physique because, I'm 41. Um, These young girls on tour are, they're good. Um, And my edge is to be physically fit to where my endurance is what's going to continue to help me to execute to the best of my ability. Then I don't take that lightly.
0: I got to jump in here for a minute.
3: Oh God. Okay.
0: Yesterday we, we, we talked to EJ Tackett about Dick Weber the, the tour was founded in 1959, and Dick Weber was 31 years old when he started to become a professional bowler because that's just when the tour was founded. I don't
1: know
0: that. He, he won 30 times from age 31 on. EJ Tackett's 27. We talked about it yesterday on the show. He's won 13 times already. If he wins five more times between now and the age of 31, he'll have 18 titles when Dick Weber was just starting. If he has the same career as Dick Weber moving forward, he would end with 48 titles. I think this ties in nicely here because with no tour, Dick Weber had no tour. And if you look at, at your situation, Shannon, a little bit different, but what you've been able to do in, in the prime of a normal person's career, but you had to figure it out. Liz won player of the year, the first three years, and you had to sit there and you had success, you had success. But what you were able to do with your formulation of what you had to do to get prepared and ready to be player of the year, back-to-back years, and you still don't believe that you've reached the pinnacle and that you are the best right now, is interesting to me that you're so humble about it. But you are the best. I mean, you can seriously sit there and say to yourself, you are the best female bowler on the planet right now. You're the person to beat. And I want to I want to reach out to Brian here because I know he's a statistician. I mean, he, he analyzes everything to death. Brian, could you tell our audience some of the things that Shannon has been able to do over the last couple of years that are, are outstanding performances? And and I believe some of those things that nobody's ever done in the history of the, of the PWBA. We've talked about it before.
3: All right. Well, really quick. I'm going to take a timeout for me because Brian and Matt know that coffee makes me need to go to the restroom. And him talking about me at times embarrasses me. So I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it's no, ah, finally we got the show yeah. how we wanted yeah, it. To be. Be. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: No, uh, yeah, that's it's awesome that you say those things, Mike. Uh, you know, being along by her side and you know, sleeping in the same bed every night and working together every day, you know, you kind of forget, you know, it's just like part of what we do. Um, last year, you know, the end of the year was coming, and you know, I talked with Chad Murphy a few times, and Chad's like, All right, you. do you even know really what's going on right now? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, the run that Shannon's on is, you know, I'm not even sure. I haven't looked up the numbers, but I'm not sure if it's been done before. And so I was like, well, let's take a look at that. And I just, just for fun, you know, the season was over. Uh, You know, we got some downtime for like a week before the kids tournaments start coming in for college. Uh, So yeah, some, you mentioned some of her streaks, you know, she's, She's won 13 times in the last five years in, I don't remember the exact totals off the top of my head, but you know there's there's only been five years that, you know, the first couple of years of the tour stop, they only had 11 or 12 events and she had to miss a couple due to some Team USA functions. Uh, one time there was a McKendry event that we couldn't miss and so she didn't bowl the tour. So she's bowled and she's missed like five of the events in five years as well that she hasn't even competed in. So she's winning at, if my math remembers right, it's, it's close to like a 12 or 13% clip. Um, over the last couple of years, she's winning at like a 20% clip. So you start looking at numbers, not only on the PWBA side, you start looking even on the PBA side and, you know, believe it or not, her numbers are actually better than Jason's right now. Um, at Jason's best streak, her numbers are actually better from a percentage wise. Uh, so you start thinking about that and, you know, I said to her one day on the couch, I was like, Shane, are you, are you aware of what you're doing? I'm looking up some of this stuff. And she's like, oh, what? And I was like, no, I don't want to, I don't even want to tell you because I don't want you freaking out about it. She's like, I'm not going to freak out. Just tell me. So <laughs>
3: that's how I sounded.
2: Uh, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so I start rattling this off. I start talking about, you know, you've made out of the last you know, five years, the last two years in particular, you've made six out of the eight major television shows and you've won at this percentage. And, and, and so I'm just sort of rattling off some things. You've made 60% of the major shows since the tour has been relaunched in five years. And so I'm rattling these numbers off and I look over and she's bawling, (laughs) you know, tears are rolling down her face. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're not going to freak out.
3: (laughs) Okay. But let me tell you why. Brian and I, it's really weird to go back and look at the things that you've accomplished when you're still in the middle of your career, when you still feel like you have so much more to accomplish. And so for me, I'm in the middle of it. Right. And so to go back and reflect on this stuff, I feel like you do that more when you retire. And so we're, we have more of the workman type mentality. Um, if, I win a tournament. We always go to Buffalo Wild Wings because that's my favorite. And then we get on a plane Sunday morning and we come home and kind of Sundays are chill out, do laundry. And then we go back to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm practicing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then we're on a plane. We go to the next event. And so we don't really ever sit and just talk about and dive into the successes. We talk more about, Hey, what happened that we can improve upon because we are a team out there doing it. You know, yes, I'm the one that's competing, but I wouldn't be successful doing what I'm doing if he wasn't there with me.
0: Yeah. You're you're like entrepreneurs. You're never done. So for me personally as well, when you stop for a minute from this constant push, of wanting to get better and it's never good enough, you know, the, until you're averaging 300 every event and winning every title on tour, you're not done. Yeah. Same way with being an entrepreneur, you're never done. But every once in a while when you do sit back and sit down and reflect on what you've been able to accomplish.
3: It probably freaks me out.
0: It does because yeah. you don't know what to do because yeah. you're, you're proud. You, you, you start thinking about all the people that helped put you there.
1: Yeah.
0: Because nothing comes easy without help. You have to have a network of people that help put you there, and you guys have that. We all do. All people that that are doing anything that's successful have that. And then it starts to become very humbling, and to think that many people help help put you there and rise rise you up and believed in you is when all the emotion starts to come out. At least personally for me, and I think that's probably what what happens for you too, right, Chan? I
3: think that's. Ex- I think you said it perfectly. It was just this complete overwhelming thing that, you know, I've watched these women on tour, there's these women that are in the Hall of Fame that paved the way for me that I have idolized my entire career, some of them I still get to compete against week in and week out. And to then all of a sudden have my name thrown in there, right along with them. Um, I don't, I never really thought of myself that way. I'm always thinking of myself as like, I have to run it down, I have to chase it. Um, versus, you know, I've gotten to that point. And it was very uh, overwhelming and not scary, but um, very humbling, like you said, that, wow, you know, all those years of, you know, people maybe not understanding the amount of time that I put into the center, you know, missing friends' dinners or birthday parties or just going to hang out with the girls and choosing to spend hours in the bowling center and, be in tears because I'm working so hard to accomplish something and it's it's not where I feel that it should be and um to see that all that hard work is paying off it it is such a blessing.
2: Yeah, and thankfully for the USBC and BPAA for, you know, getting the powers that be to be together and bringing back the PWA tour because if not, you know, all the girls in Shan, you know, you can even take Liz with that, you know, Liz and Kelly and Shannon and Shannon Plachowski, you know, all the girls around that same age that for the majority of their prime, I guess you could call it, even though bowling, your prime Hmm. goes into your thirties and sometimes into your forties and, you know, in in some cases into your (laughs) fifties, uh, not your typical prime where, you know, they say baseball prime is like 27 years old. So bowling, obviously not quite like that, but you had so many girls that, you know, the questions of where would they be if, the tour never kind of folded, but thankfully with, uh, the powers that be and the people in decision-making, uh, places to make that decision, to bring it back so that, you know, Shan could, we could be sitting here talking about yeah. some of the things that she's done. Pretty incredible stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I think, uh, two, two things that I want to follow up with that on is Buffalo Wild Wings. You mentioned, what is your sauce of choice?
3: I like the garlic Parmesan and the honey barbecue. I always do half and half.
0: Okay. Both. Well, Boneless, you know? Bone in.
3: Um, I like bone in. I'm I like the traditional the traditional wing. Every once in a while I'll go boneless, but I don't love the breading on the boneless. So.
1: Dipping. Also, uh, always always extra ce- celery and carrots. Yes. And ranch on the side.
3: Ranch on the
0: side. Ranch. Okay. All right. It's
1: like
2: clockwork. From where I'm from, I tend to be not tend to be because I'll eat any chicken wing, but I like like really really good chicken wings and um. You know, I, I enjoy wild wings. I have to get them, like, on the crispy side. I like that nice, crisp skin. I don't want it soggy or anything like that. But I'm just a mild guy, very simple. I, don't give me all the craziness, you know, You know, teriyaki. Just, just <laughs> give me a good buffalo wing with a good sauce
0: on it, and I'm happy. Yeah, don't overdo it or anything. Like, play a golden tea game and have to go all these extreme measures and stuff. But, you know, with the food, let's just keep it real simple. Huh? Yeah. Exactly. I think The other thing is, you know, we are in the middle of this pandemic and we try not to talk about it too much on this show, but speaking about your career and no tour and things like that, here's a person who uh, has dominated the tour over the last two years, getting ready to go in for the three-peat, the Michael Jordan thing that's going on right now. He's known for the three-peat, Jason Couch winning three tournament champions, Liz Johnson won the first three players of the year on the PWBA tour, and you were gearing up for this season, getting ready to try to three-peat is the goal. And now we have this pandemic. So here's another example of where in your career, you aren't able to, uh, or, to be, or you're being affected more so in the prime of when you were bowling your best. how Have you guys thought about that? Or how are you guys processing that right now?
3: Uh, I definitely have days where I'm frustrated by it. But I think the thing that is holding me together is that I have a really strong faith in God. I always have. And I'm so grateful for him loving me and blessing me and us, you know, we wouldn't be sitting where we are without that relationship. I truly believe that. And, um, so I just know that he has a plan. And, um, when I'm feeling anxious, I just always, you know, turn to him and, um, have him, you know, kind of help me and comfort me. And, um, I just want to be able to continue to share his love to others and, um, he will bless me in ways that, um, he feels is necessary, um, and maybe help continue my bowling career to where I can continue to reach other people, um, with his love. So I, I, I do have moments like everybody, you know, you'll stir crazy, but he has a plan for all this. And I know it seems Crazy, but you know that's what faith is, is: believing that good will come out of the unknown, and we don't have to know everything. And so, for me, it's just leaning on that.
0: Yeah, it is. It yeah. is what it is. Here, guys, I only have a few minutes left on the program, and then I know you guys are going to do a deep dive. We have a lot of questions coming in about collegiate bowling and those sorts of things, which you guys are experts at, and your your record speaks for itself. But I did have um, a clip today. We do like to have some fun on this program. And before I get out of here, oh, gosh. I think, I think we need to uh, bring up a clip here. I, I was, uh, I had the pleasure one night of letting the guard down with you guys and we oh, were no. and uh, we had a good time that night and I got, I got, <laughs> I got to hang out with you guys for the first time. And oh no,
2: no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now we have, um, we it. We, we were at Brew Brothers, which is a place where a lot of people like to hang out. And we'd like to just play this quick clip of the guy that's good at just about everything. This um, is Brian at Brew Brothers. It's
1: like
2: my worst nightmare, dude.
1: One for jumping i around I
2: want the world to do Good too, know, I really forgot about that. Really uh, forgot such, about okay,
3: that. we're well really quick. Let me even tell you how that even happened. So we're we were in Reno for the Queens. And so we're there for like a week. So we were walking through um, I think we we're going from Circus Circus over to the Eldorado or something. So we passed Brew Brothers. Um, and I was like, Oh, they have live karaoke with a live band. Like, we should do this. So it was on Tuesday nights. And Bri just was like, Oh yeah. Any of you EBI girls make the TV show for the queens, then then I'll we'll we'll do it. And I was like, all right. So then I make the show, and Stephanie makes the show, and so it's the night of the live karaoke, and everybody is there, and they're texting us, and Brian's like, no, no, I'm not doing that. We're not going. We're not going. And we went. Oh, <laughs> we went. So much
2: fun. Yeah. So <laughs> one quick thing on the karaoke, then we'll <laughs> drop the karaoke. So I. I enjoy karaoke, but it was in my olden days where maybe if I tipped a few, maybe a couple extra back, uh, that would be the time that I would get in front of a mic and I would just go to town. Uh, But then I, you know, I dropped the alcohol from my um, system for over a decade. And so my karaoke went down when, you know, it's like a graph, you know, they went together hand in hand. So that was the first time. I think maybe ever that I had tried to sing karaoke without any
3: <laughs>
0: aiming fluid in my body.
3: <laughs> well,
0: here's the thing. I'll, I'll end with this before I got to go. I was thoroughly impressed with the two songs that you sang that night. I thought you did an excellent job, Brian. Oh, thank you, Michael. And, and I wish I had more time on this program today, uh, but I know you guys are going to handle it going out here. The other thing that I do want to say about the two of you is we've worked together uh, on Shannon's personal um, you know, profiles on social media and things like that, and I'm really proud of the work and the effort that you've put in to not only to, to help build your own brand but to turn more people onto bowling. Your Tip Tuesday is getting 50,000 views, some of them 100,000 views. is doing a lot of good for bowling, and everybody really appreciates the the work that you do there. And, Brian, I idolized you as a kid going up to um, Strike ah. and strike Spare Lanes and watching the Collegiate Match Games in St. Louis. And watching you bowl with guys like Jeff Beasley and, and some of the other Ryan Kretschmer and those different guys that you bowled with. I'm yeah, forgetting yeah. some. But when you were anchoring that team, it's one of the reasons why I continued wanting to bowl, wanting to go bowl collegiate, and wanted to try to aspire to be a professional bowler. And I couldn't get there to be a professional bowler, but I could at least be around it as much as I possibly can. I appreciate you coming on the show. You guys are both inspirations. I got to get out of here. Matt, oh, thanks okay. for taking Thank you. over the show. Mike, Love you guys. Appreciate Love you guys. it. Love you. Thanks yeah. for the kind words, buddy.
3: Oh Matt. That's good. For- well,
1: guys, it's time to run the show into the ground. How much time is that? <laughs> yeah, we got? Two hours? Yeah, we got about like another two, two and a half, two and a half. All right. All right. Let's do this. Uh, yeah. Great. Um, but man, that was that was cool stuff. A lot of people I don't think know that Deep is a great singer. he has got some really he's got some pipes on him, and he can really belt out. Um, you guys, one of your favorite movies is uh is what, what I can't can't remember the name of Greatest Showman. Is that the name of the is that the name of the movie? Yeah,
2: great singer. Good yeah, stuff. It's,
1: a, it's a it's a great movie. So, um, so what do you guys now? Well, w- actually, let's get to some of these questions before I start asking my questions. Um, let's get to one of these. I saw someone, uh, Roy Roy Reg here. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Said, do you see bowling growing in the NCAA top five conferences at all? What would be done to inject bowling into the NCAA? <clears throat> I yeah, guess.
2: That's, no, that's a great question. You know, everybody inside of it, I, I think, hopes that one day that will happen. You know, it hasn't happened as of yet. Uh, you know, there's two Power Five conferences, if you will, that that support collegiate bowling. Uh, that's Vanderbilt and Nebraska. Um, there's been some rumblings in the past of a few others that were looking at uh, picking it up. But for whatever reason, they decided to go a different route. Um, so we'll see. I I mean, I hope. You know, I think that'll only be greater for the sport if it um, gets into, you know, the the sport's doing great as it is college bowling. You know, it is continuing to grow. Uh, It's just continuing to grow more on the D2, D3 level, um, not necessarily in the power five big conferences. So um, if we could make that step, uh, get some athletic directors around the country to uh, see the worth of it and see that, you know, it can bring something to the university. then hopefully that that's what can happen. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the areas that, you know, this, the sport is lacking of having the, you know, the, the college names that everybody knows, you know, Alabama, Michigan, you know, take all those power five schools. Um, and they have programs, but they're generally done on the club side yeah. and not necessarily sponsored on the NCAA women's side. So that would be awesome if that could happen.
1: Yeah, and um, speaking of college bowling here, I'm going to reach into my drawer right here, actually, and um, I, want to ask, I want you guys to talk a little bit about uh, something. Ah, that's so heavy. I don't even know if I can hold it anymore, but it's, uh, yeah, i put, put, put a little bit of ice here. job pull out some oh, ice. Oh, uh, oh, oh, the, oh, the, oh. The yeah, Brian's, Brian's about to get out of his seat and throw yeah. his whole hand up here. Um, but I, I want you guys to talk a little bit about – I was there for two years, so obviously I saw it firsthand. But McKendree University became the first D2 school to ever win a Bowling NCAA National Championship. Yeah. Um, weeping the University of Nebraska on the telecast. Uh, you guys have four? No, yeah. Four zero. Oh. Yo, man. What's that? God. What's that, man? Put me to shame here. <laughs> um, so it's been a really, you know, you guys have done incredible things. I know when you guys first took over the program, you're like, okay, you know, the goal was five years. You know, hopefully within five years, you guys can become real na- uh, real contenders for the national championship. And you guys won your first national championship three years into being there at McKendree. What did you guys do to turn a small D2 private school that probably doesn't have nearly as much funding as some of these other D1 programs? Um, doesn't have necessarily as, or didn't have as many scholarships when, when you guys were getting started, how did you guys go about structuring this program? And what do you guys think it is that you guys offer between the dynamic of Brian being, you know, a full-time coach all the time with the best players in the world and Shannon, not only being a coach, um, but also being the top female player in the world. What is it that you guys do that allows you guys to have all the success? i I'll, well,
2: I'll start real quick, man. Okay. I'll turn it over to Shannon. Okay. Cause it's, you know, you're talking more of the girl side and the NCAA side, but our guys, you know, technically won our second year, so it was even a little quicker than that. That NCAA championship, like you said, yeah, that was a, that was th- year, a year three, three. But the guys were fortunate enough to win the ITCS in year two.
3: Um, I think there's a lot of things that play a factor. Um, number one, it took an incredible athletic director that was willing to take a risk, bringing in a husband and wife team. Um, not every husband and wife can literally sit back to back in the same office, drive in the same car, be together 24 seven in order to you know, get the job done and have a respectful, loving relationship along with that. Um, and so I think that that was a big part of it. Um, so, so grateful for McKendree University, the president at the time and an athletic director to bring us in and see the vision that we saw. Um, then obviously the support, you know, the support of the school, like you said, we may not have the biggest budget, but I think it's bringing in the right kids that take pride in not all the bling and the garb that you may get, you know, that we're just gonna come in and we're just gonna work hard and we're just gonna outwork everybody, um, I think is really kind of what they bought into. Um, and then it takes it takes young ladies that are willing to work harder than maybe they ever thought possible. Um, Obviously, I have a really strong work ethic and Brian always reminds me that I'm the exception. I'm not the norm. And so there's times that I may be really frustrated if some of the girls have struggle with spares at a tournament and then they're still struggling with spares. And then I ask them, hey, how many of you guys are working on it on your own outside of our structure practices? And when they say they're not, you know, I get really frustrated by that. And Brian has to remind me that, you know, they're just kids (laughs) and they're not you. but I just want them to be the best. So I think it's, you know, us pushing them to limits that they never thought possible. Um, Brian's incredible coaching ability. Um, I know you call him the genie. He sees things before I, anybody in the building um, and he'll make quick decisions with two frames left to maybe turn a match around for us to beat, you know, our opponent. It's, it's quite incredible. But you also have to have that respect of your players to where they are all in and they believe in what you're saying and what you're seeing and that they're willing to do it. And we have that. We just, it takes the right kids saying yes at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes, as you kind of mentioned, structure, uh, our practices and our program is very structured. Um, And I think the kids hear me say it more than anything else you get out of it, what you put into it. And that's just life. And so if we're, wanting to be the best in the country, then you have to work like you're the best in the country, or you have to work like you're not the best in the country to continue to be the best in the country.
2: And I'll add one thing to that. So there's a saying in the college football world, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, probably even in college basketball as well. And it goes like, it's not about the X's and the O's. It's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. Yeah. So what does that mean? it pretty much means that i don't care how good of a coach anyone is if you're not getting the type of player and the type of athlete that can take you to that level to begin with you're not going to get there so to add to what shan said it take, it takes some incredibly talented athletes to start when they come in and thankfully enough uh, they saw our vision they've seen our vision they want to continue to you know improve upon you know what we're doing and hopefully you know turn this program into a dynasty uh, and so it takes incredible athletes, uh, but then once again, it takes that work ethic as well.
3: And then I'll just add one more piece to it. I mean, you know, Matt, you're like our kid, um, Brian and I don't have children of our own. And so I believe that this was God's way of yeah. blessing us to just love kids and to raise kids for four years. And so our kids at I McKendree mean, really are our children. We love them. Um, you know, it's our job to make sure we're holding them accountable. It's our job to um, just help them grow in this process, but also love on them immense amounts. And we create an extremely safe environment for them to really truly be themselves without fear of judgment from their peers. And I think that if you can really create that environment is when you really see people grow.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, what you guys have done with Kendrick kind of reminds me of the movie uh, Moneyball, where uh, you know they take the Oakland Athletics, and you know they've got this roster that people aren't really necessarily sure about, and they you know they don't have all the resources that some of the other big big names in baseball have, and they find a way. And I think that you know you guys are just another uh, real life example of you guys always finding a way to make sure that you can give yourself, and as Brian always says, to stack the deck in your favor to give you guys yourself yourselves the best chance of winning. And I think I want to close with this one question. We talk a lot in bowling about being sharp and we talk a lot about, you know, practicing and and honing your craft and making sure you're always sharp. Um, And, you know, I guess in bowling, that translates to being a good spare shooter, being a good shot maker when it matters, um, being versatile. When it comes to ball wrapping and coaching, do you guys feel like this the little time off here, maybe specifically for you, Brian, you know, like you nonstop. I know you're nonstop looking at a bowling lane and ball motion. Same goes for you, Shan, especially as a bowler and as a coach. With this time off, are you guys going to get dull when it comes to seeing ball motion and seeing a lane? Does it work like that? Or are mm-hmm. you kind of just like you're always ready to go? You're always good to go.
2: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, I don't know the answer. I haven't had, you know, <laughs> six weeks off in six years. So I don't know the answer. I hope not. Uh, I don't think it'll completely go away. I mean, the thing is, if it does go away a little bit and I'm a little rusty, well, so everybody, everybody else <laughs> is going to be rusty as well. So at least we're all in the same boat. Uh, but yeah, if you would have told me a month and a half ago that I was going to get six weeks off from you know watching a bowling ball go down the lane, I would have been like, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> because you know just the nonstop 11 and a half months out of the year of doing it you know, it can get a little crazy. Um, But now that I've had it, I'm like, you know, let's go. You know, I'm ready. So I can't wait for uh, things to get back to whatever normal looks like, the new normal. Um, But Bowling will continue on, and um, I'll watch Bowling Balls go down the lane, and she'll throw Bowling Balls down (laughs) the lane, and our kids will throw Bowling Balls down the lane, and hopefully we can just win a lot more. That's
1: great. And actually, I want you guys to hold on a second. I do want to talk about one other thing. Um, so just give me one second. Hold it, hold it down there for me. Um, I've got something here that bonds us from a long time ago. This is, bef- this was when I was really honestly still a kid and it's, um and it's this shirt right here. Ah, yes. <laughs> and uh, I actually was planning on wearing it today, but I totally forgot. Um, no. Them. But why don't, you, why don't you guys give the, the people a little um a little background here on this YW Peeps, and we'll wrap it up with this great, great story.
3: Well, really quick, I thought you were going to pull out his keys that the police department still has.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Well, we'll have to have you guys back on again, and we'll have a full episode dedicated to Brian and Shannon not having keys to their car for the last three and a half years. <laughs>
2: still because in evidence.
1: I'm still <laughs> Oh my god,
3: it's
2: hilarious. Not oh, really, but it's funny. Sorry. So YW Peeps. Oh, so I, I don't even really know how it started, man. It was honestly. over
3: breakfast.
2: <clears throat> it was on the way back from junior gold, or it was something.
1: But mm-mm, mm-mm. this is uh, let me set the scene here. This was okay. I forget what year, this was 2014, I believe. And the three of us, Greg Young and Jason Milligan, went up to bowl the Ozarks together. <laughs> And on the car ride there, we couldn't understand that why everybody and anybody on the Sun was getting sponsored by every company that there was. Yeah, you know, like any any company, any company, right? So, so that's where Brian came up with this brilliant idea called YW Peeps.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it so seemed funny. like it seemed like if the bowling industry sold it, people were on staff. So, you know, you someone would be on Rosin staff, and some people would be you know, on shoe brush staff, you know, if there is a company that sold a bowling product, they're on staff. Well, something that's used all the time in the pro shop world are yellow wax pencils. And so I thought, you know, you know, we need to make a staff for people strictly using our yellow wax pencil. So YWP. Um, and we're going to call ourselves the YW peeps. So we asked for resumes, um, Our first staffer, I believe, was a gentleman by the name of Chris Vai, who yep. has always been famous, but he's becoming a little more famous now that he's made a few television shows with, you know, those thirty-six-inch pythons that he's got on each arm. <laughs> uh, so, you know, having a good-looking stud in our corner, and Chris, you know, he was a great spokesperson. Uh, I think he came in as our. Secretary or treasurer of why? <laughs> yeah, energy. we all had <laughs> <laughs> we all had uh, you know titles.
3: I was uh, the only like professional staff member, I think. At the oh time. yeah, yeah,
2: that's right. You were yeah. you a national staff yeah. member. Uh, Chris, yeah, Chris was he, we signed him to like a regional staff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> College ranks. So we put out the resumes, and believe it or not, we had people sending in resumes like, Hey, I want to be a part of your staff.
3: They didn't even know what it was. We didn't even tell people what it was. We just said, YW peeps. People just sending resumes blindly, not even knowing what it was, wanting to be on staff. So it just proved the point of our 10 hour long car ride up to the Ozarks that, you know, people just sometimes get a little crazy when it comes to the staff you know, situation. And so it was just, it was a lot of fun. You guys had shirts made. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, Chris Vi designed these shirts. We had a Gmail account where all of our resumes were being sent to. It got shut down because we got so many resumes sent to that Gmail thought it was spam.
3: <laughs> yeah. We have a slogan. What's our slogan?
1: Uh, it says, it's not about the size of the pencil that counts. It's the color. Hashtag <laughs> Y-W-P-S. And uh so this was a great time. Just one of the so good. thousands and thousands of memories that we all have together. Brian, Shannon, I want to thank you guys for coming on so much today. Um, you guys can follow Shannon on all of her social media. She's only got like 220,000 followers on Facebook uh, page. Like so she could use a couple extra deep. If you're looking for Brian's Twitter, it's with the sideways profile picture. You still can't figure it out five and a half years later. So maybe one of these days we'll get around to helping him out. Now that uh, we've got a little more time on our hands. I want to thank you guys a ton. Uh, for joining, and we're going to have to have you guys back on again because we sure. we didn't even scratch the surface here yeah. of uh, all the stories that we have. So thank you guys, uh, everybody. USBC is now going live on Facebook um, with out. Executive Director Chad Murphy and Wendy McPherson is also going to be joining. Um, Mike, who had to leave the show uh, earlier today, so uh, go on, head on over there. Beef and Barnsey also they are going live, I believe, today at um, 3 p.m. Eastern, I believe. Um, so go ahead and check that out. Again, Shannon, Brian, thank you guys so much. um, And we hope you guys stay safe uh, during the rest of this quarantine.
2: Thanks, Manny. Love you, buddy.
1: Love you guys, too. Take care.
3: Okay. He'll come back on. He's just ending streaming.